Francesca never looked for a job. Listen why. She has an advanced degree in international law and is a qualified lawyer. She was and is in legal, a procurement officer in international organizations such as the UN, the EU, the EBRD and others in different countries and multicultural contexts like Albania, Kosovo, Haiti, Poland, Lebanon and London. Her experience includes public procurement law reform, legislation drafting, delivery of training, ethics and compliance advisory activities. What she says about herself is, I'm a person of integrity and I never looked for a job, but only for the chance to make the difference. I'm glad to have you here again, spending the next minutes together with Francesca. Corporate integrity, fraud, non-compliance, and cybersecurity. Would you like to understand the root causes, detect threats, and take measurements to protect the most precious assets? As a leader, you need to be prepared and stay actionable in the event of an incident. Sonia Sternemann talks in her podcast, The Human Factor. Corporate integrity matters. To leaders and entrepreneurs who want to have impact, foster corporate integrity, and act as role models. As an international expert for corporate governance and integrity, entrepreneur, and independent board member, she knows the challenges. Let her inspire you. So, Francesca, having you in my show today is a real, real honor. Thank you very, very much because we share an experience with, which changed our lives. You know that, 2016, but also the passion for integrity. So I'm so curious what you are sharing with us today. And as you know, our conversation will focus on you, your professional environment, and your own personal experience when it comes to corporate integrity. Yes, and I do thank you for inviting me. I really like the, to take the chance really to convey what I have to say. <laughs> Maybe they will also do some kind of background check about you when they check your LinkedIn profile. It's really impressive what you have done in the past. And I would also like to start with the first question. So what kind of role does corporate integrity play in your life, in your business life? So, I've had, I must say, a quite interesting career, professionally speaking, not from a, let's say, money point of view, but definitely from um, an integrity point of view. Why I'm saying this? Because I've resigned, I don't know how many times, for integrity matters. And each time I did, I wrote in my resignation letter that I was doing this because uh, I always felt bound by my office whenever I felt that my values uh, were uh, where I was asked to compromise on my values. And that's uh, something I, I could never do. Like, for example, why can't you turn your head? Because I'm, a, I, I'm working and I've been working mainly as a procurement person, uh, either in a legal capacity or in a procurement capacity. And so, as you know, procurement is about handling money, about um, there is a lot of integrity coming in. And so you might um, 
become, let's say, the enemy of all those people who want to engage in fraud or corruption or whatever other issue, uh, especially public funds. And um, just one question, because it's so it's so interesting now. Because if you tell us now that you always uh, um, resigned and also mentioning why you do so, how was the reaction when you did that? <laughs> well, I always arrive um, at first. You know, in my very early experience, I I was shocked. Honestly, I was flabbergasted by the fact that I didn't, I wasn't expecting it at all. You know, I was kind of naive and thinking, oh, everybody, of course, is working for the best, you know, results and things. Uh, then I learned. So now I'm perfectly able to see the red flags as soon as they arrive. So last time I resigned, I just finished my probation period. I was offered a permanent contract and I said, um, I know you want to confirm my contract, but I don't because I don't feel like I could ever compromise my integrity. And uh, the point is that um, I get to a point where I can't survive anymore in an organization first because I cannot do my job at all because you are ostracized. There are hundreds of obstacles, etc. And on the other side, because people really start retaliating and so really start um, harassing, bullying, mm -hmm. uh, even blackmailing, for example, whenever I had a temporary contract uh, who had to be, which had to be renewed, they started, ah, but you know, your contract might not be renewed or you might not have a career. And you know the reaction you see when I when I show really that I, I don't give a damn, that I don't care about keeping my career mm -hmm. or my salary. And then you see in their eyes the awareness that I'm serious. Mm -hmm. And uh, many times, I reported so many times, you know, many situations um, in all kinds of environment. And uh, each time I went, um, investigators were, knew that I was sincere. I mean, that I wasn't, you know, just making up something because I started by saying I just resigned. Uh, so they knew that it was not because, you know, I wanted to get rid of a person or something. Mm -hmm. And I always been also a lawyer at a background. I also provided that uh, an enormous amount of, of evidence whatever whenever I could of course and uh, yeah because people in the end are quite stupid I think you know and uh, and the props do you think it, they are stupid or are they naive or are they just not aware or are they under pressure because I see different um, kind of people and characteristics out there a lot of them are really under pressure and they are not used or they don't allow themselves to to speak up well i always say that idiots sorry are everywhere and so are corrupt people or dumb people but the problem is not these people the problem is all the other bystanders mm -hmm. who never raise their voice or speak up you are absolutely right Uh, the major, um, let's say, justifications that I heard for that when I 
you know, stimulated people to react, to report and whatever, was, ah, nothing will happen, or uh, no, I don't want to risk my, my career or my position, I can't afford to lose my job. And it's only when you put them really um, in front of their, um, of, of the things done, like, for example, when you say, there have been times in my life where I have resigned from position really uh, gratifying from a, a, a monetary point of view. I didn't want to pay the bills, but I, if, I, if I went back in time, I would do exactly the same. Because there is no price for your conscience. And Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So I and, also and I, did that. Yeah. 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 And also, for example, I do think that giving, setting the example, you know, set, be, becoming a role model, it's very important. Uh, walking the talk, uh, as you say, uh, or setting the tone. I mean, um, you can't simply uh, talk about something. No. You have to act whenever the time comes. Um, and so I know many people that have changed their minds uh, after I, I spoke to them. And I think I also after you really um, resign and take the consequences, you know, because they, they, they hardly believe that we will do that. And I also did it once in my career and I'm, how should I, I would always do it again. It yes. was hard. It was a hard decision because you always think maybe I'm not right as soon as long as you don't have enough evidence. But at the moment when you have that evidence, you exactly yeah. know you have to leave. Otherwise, your own integrity is at risk. And that's something I would never risk for myself. Exactly. When I was working for the UN, I proposed to the director to have a... Um, a, a, mod, um, a module delivered as a training in ethics in procurement. And, uh, you know, at the beginning, I was nervous. The first time the training was held by another colleague who was working for another agency. But then I was very keen on producing also a brochure, you know, kind of leaflet and training. Uh, the training lasts just one day, but it was very, uh, very efficient, I think. Because at the end, you know, there were all sorts of people and I knew all of them mm -hmm. because sooner or later they all came to purchase something. And at the end, well, not all of them, but somebody that really surprised me, and it happened many times, came to me and said, you know, I worked here for, I don't know, 20 years and I never felt like today. I feel really I've met a person that can convey the passion for what she does and the integrity is so visible that after this, I'm changed, you know. And um, as you were saying, yes, it may be not only stupidity, there may be naivety. Because, for example, when I, when I started saying, it's, let's set the ground rules and um, there is a zero tolerance in UN for corruption, people looked at me and said, what, what do you mean? I cannot keep upsetting the flight or the, the holiday paid by my supplier. Yes, that's exactly what I meant. And these people were absolutely, shocked. I mean, completely, <laughs> no, they were shocked because in, in good faith, yeah. what happened is exactly that the tone was not set from the top. And probably they had witnessed their bosses doing this all the time. 
And for them, it was normal. Yes. And it starts with the role modeling, you know, and if they haven't seen it differently, how should, why should they behave in another way? And that's always what I said, you know, they don't learn from a code of conduct just because it is written. Nobody cares about the written code of conduct. We care about the one which is really implemented and lived by and role modeled. And what I see when I talk to organizations, all the large corporate organizations and their people, Hardly anybody knows what's written in the code of conduct. And it starts yes. with that, you know, and we don't need a code of conduct if it's not implemented, if it's not lived, yes. and if you don't have the role models. And people often, they don't even know how they should behave, as you mentioned right now. So are you, I think, or that's also what I heard now, I think you are also mentoring people and also younger people. How do you yes. make sure that they can also behave with a good faith of integrity without having a role model? Well, usually these people will some, somehow get to me exactly because they, they can't find the point of reference, nobody to address some issues that they feel emerging in their, especially in early career. For example, I, I speak about people who just are coming out of university and I start always by saying first, okay, generally speaking that It doesn't matter what you just took the degree on or whatever career you want to do in your life. Start by collecting experiences and and you will learn much more about interactions between people. And this is, is something that really is an investment. It will you will use it all your life, the knowledge, because you will observe a, a microcosm made of people of integrity, mm-hmm. people who don't care, egoistic, selfish, uh, whatever characters. And this, and, and I always tell them, then you will decide what kind of person you want to be at work. And, uh, and you know, I, I don't try to tell people you have to do this way and that's it. Nope. I, I it's the same with Julia, my daughter. You know, I always, when she says, I don't want to make uh, homework today. And I say, don't, but be just prepared to take the responsibility to tell your teacher. That's the only thing. I'm not even saying you should do them. No, it's perfectly fine for me. It's much better for her not to do homework one day than to be forced to do and then hating them. But you have to be uh, ready to justify yourself. That's it. Absolutely. And I think if if people have the awareness what the consequences are of their behavior, yeah, then it's okay, you know? And a lot of people yeah. don't even have that awareness right now. Yeah. In fact, in my current, uh, current position, uh, I'm working for the Cherenkov Telescope uh, Array Observatory. And uh, it's an organization mainly uh, with scientists and astrophysics and very technical people, genius, you know. But when it comes to simple uh, concepts, uh, I do, um, I can feel that uh, most of them have never heard about, uh, I don't know, ethics, uh, how to behave, uh, work etiquette, not because they're bad people at all. It's simply that... um, they did never had the chance. So, for example, I, I suggested why we have a code of conduct, mm-hmm. but it was done early 
when when the organization was founded and i said maybe it's time to rethink about it because i would like um, the code of conduct to be a product of the whole organization not not written just by a bunch of people forming a task force or whatever yeah <laughs> of course somebody starts drafting something but then i won't really it, the text to be shared with every every unit and every everybody in the organization so that they can comment for example i don't understand at all what's this exactly and you know also having the, the examples because that's what i see exactly right? i don't even exactly. know what these words mean really. exactly <laughs> they are able for to example yeah. <laughs> during the ethics improvement i was making a kind of quiz you know uh, really uh, case studies simple like uh, okay you have to purchase something and uh, a supplier says that he would be more than welcome to discuss uh, the detail of a call you're going to make because he heard that maybe your company is going to buy that sort of product and uh, he will invite you in his villa in the caribbean you know to discuss it and how do you think uh, this situation might be seen Mm-hmm. is it appropriate or not and and that's exactly okay this is excessive of course but there are micro situations that they might not be aware of for example uh, going to lunch alone with the supplier simple like that it may transmit the appearance of collusion for example mm-hmm. so i always say don't do it don't let people um, lose trust in what you do so always leave your door open or invite a colleague to join you um or just say i can't meet but let's uh, let's exchange emails or whatever and uh, yeah it's important and if at the beginning people perceive you as uh, a kind of moralistic you know judge that to say you can't do it but when they really observe that you, you are ready to to put at risk some some benefits that you have and, and when we talk about international organization like un and you and others the benefits are really a lot and that you're ready uh, to give them away simple to abandon them because you want to preserve your integrity then they start asking themselves why can't mm-hmm. i Uh, and of course many of these people will say ah finally we got rid of her now we can do whatever dodge the maneuvers we want but others will start thinking about it and that and it's, yeah it's an educational journey we have to take yes. with us to go through that because it's not yes. only regulatory compliance not at all it's much more you know integrity yeah. umbrella how we do business and how would yeah. we like to be seen and how do we care about yeah. our assets exactly and for example it is absolutely true what you were saying in all aspects integrity for me is also for example doing something uh, that is not really mandatory mm-hmm. but it would create you know a bad impression for example uh withholding some information during a call from uh, withholding from suppliers you know and i say yes we're not obliged but it wouldn't be i don't know uh it wouldn't be fair 
to with all mm -hmm. this information it's like we are cheating on them you know uh, we are simply playing uh, behind their back and and i don't want this i mean i want to really whoever the stakeholder is to understand that i'm not uh, for i have to win at all costs mm -hmm. i'm a win-win person and and you can see when you meet a person and behave in this uh, attitude when they are dodgy or or they want to do something because they don't believe you they think you are uh, like cheating and uh, instead you want to trick them and, and even if you say no really i really want to obtain the best results for the two of us sometimes i couldn't understand what they couldn't believe and then i realized they think you would behave as they would do and you know people they not, would trick i think people are not used to it anymore you know and it really changed over the last 20 years people are really afraid that it's not what you are saying like um, like now yeah. how you would like to behave and they are not used to it because i think in business no matter whether it's non-profit or for profit yes yes sir. it's how should I say it's really I think people lost trust mm -hmm. in each other in the organization in the entire society and it, that's also what happened over the last two years so that's what I see yes. they are so unsure what's going on it's unpredictable right now for everybody and people can't trust anymore and one of the the needs we have as humans we would like to trust we love to trust yes. because we that's how we are nurtured at the end you know exactly and we need it yeah i mean you you would be surprised but maybe it's also your experience how many people especially young colleagues you know joining uh, the, an organization how much they would like to bump on a person uh, that can lead the way somehow mm -hmm. that can i always say you know i don't impose i don't want to impose things i only want to present, of course, in, in my uh, specific job, which is procurement, uh, what are the consequences? Um, and then, of course, I, I always highlight the fact that by uh, signing the contract as a legal procurement mm -hmm. figure, I have, I'm bound to ensure, to guarantee the compliance with the principles of procurement, with the rules of procurement, with the overall uh, rules uh, or policies of the organization I'm part of. So apart from this, I always say, you choose how you want to behave. Okay. Just be alerted that if you get caught, the consequences might be this. And, you know, it's not only how um, to choose how we behave, it's also, also we, are, we can always choose in which environment we behave like that. And that's so important, you know. You are also sometimes, you know, poisoned by the environment you are in. Oof. Environment or industry, you know, you can name it. But I have we so have to be many careful. examples. <laughs> you can't imagine. Even in my current job, whenever an issue comes out, I said, okay, if you want an example, I have it of whatever because i've lived all of them and for example talking about integrity and organizations once i resigned because my supervisor to whom i had um, expressed my concerns about the fact that 
they were uh, awarding a very big contract to a company that didn't have cash flow at all. At all. Okay. You know, and I said, sorry, <laughs> and I said, sorry, but we can't possibly give two and a half million euros to a company that could go bankrupt in the night and they are not even able to provide a guarantee. They, they, what? Then we say, okay, fine, fine, fine. And that's all. My supervisor didn't speak to me anymore. Francesca, but I think it's not, it's not about integrity. This is really about stupidity, isn't it? Because I'm not being aware or not having an awareness or understanding of how all the financials work. No, but uh, it's, I will tell you something that uh, I ended up in some environments being the only one behaving this way or, or thinking that this was the right path and all the rest of the uh, working environment was like uh, really treating me as, as if I was the one failing to do something that ought to be done. And how long did I you mean, survive? How long, how long did no, you survive? No, no, no. I, 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 the worst, you know what, was that the, when this particular uh, discussion happened, the director of, of the department was not there. She was traveling. And she came back. And of course, she, she learned about what happened. And she called me in her office. So I said, ah, now she will, you know, uh, do something, take a decision, will, whatever. She kept saying for the whole time, I'm very sorry that didn't work for you. And I said, no, 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 no. Listen, it didn't work for you. It's for when you move to another town and you don't like the weather, you don't like the house, you don't, you don't manage you know, to get used to the whatever the environment. Here, there's not such any such situation. And then she kept like a, a broken... Um, she went on in a loop, you know, always saying, I'm very sorry. that." It, and then after half an hour, I said, okay, I guess I'd better go because, you know. And then she said, ah, what can I do for you? I said, what? Do you want to pay me the taxi for the airport? I mean, whatever you could have done in your role, you didn't do. And then the day after, it was so, I mean, it was really paradoxical because I was... Uh, yeah, I was exchanging, of course, email with the inspection services. And this director appeared on, in my back. And I turned and she said, how do you feel? And I said, bad, of course. I feel <laughs> very bad because all of this happened. And she said, no, you have to raise your head up because you had the courage to decide according to your values. And that's when you really think you're going insane. And in fact, I wrote to the inspection that, am I missing something like she's a spy that in reality works for you? I mean, and I said, do you understand that this all something will hit you directly on your head mm -hmm. because you are the director? Some people seem to think, no, he signed. So I, I, I don't have any. <laughs> I think, yeah. As you, as you said before, they are sometimes standing under such a pressure that they are just they just think mm -hmm. they can't do anything or they don't want to believe that it could happen or they just don't care. It's also no, possible, uh, you know? Uh, another, uh, something that 
comes out very often an expression is we've always done this way. Yeah, which, as but you know, is the more <laughs> then, in fact, I um, in some positions, you know, there is no excuse that can can be solid enough. I mean, naivete can go with the young colleagues, with trainees, you know, with people starting who have never heard about something, but with the director who yeah. built the career, not just jumping from university to a directorate, <laughs> but who went all the way. And, the, and that's when corporate culture becomes pivotal. Yes. If yeah. and the the corporate, yeah. Absolutely. The more you spread awareness, the more you, uh, let's say, um, train people to be people of integrity and the less risk uh, you, you, you face. But for that, you really need a culture of corporate integrity. And yeah. that's what yeah. I think it's missing in a lot of organizations. So, Francesca, you are such a great role model. I just have one <laughs> last question. And I think we are going to have another episode together with you because you have so yes. much experience and things to share. I think also our listeners would be happy to, to hear more about the experiences and the, the dilemma situations you had in the past. But there's one question. <laughs> you mentioned your daughter, Julia. What is the wish you have for you and for your daughter when it comes to integrity on that planet? Well, actually, one thing is very important for me vis-a-vis -vis my daughter, and it is that I always have to feel that I can exactly go head right, you know, head up. Uh, and she, I, I never would want her to be embarrassed you know, by a mother mm -hmm. that doesn't behave in this way. And the second is that she learns, yeah, what I would like is that she learns that she won't find integrity everywhere, that mm -hmm. people will lie to her, that people will cheat, will trick, whatever. But nevertheless, this is not enough to lose your hope that there are other very good people in the wow. world. That's really nice. So thank you very much for sharing. And I don't want to add anything on that. I just would like to ask if there are any listeners who would like to be connected to you. Would you like to accept some LinkedIn invitations, for example? Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, sometimes, you know, I receive uh, mails from people who are friends of friends of friends and they are desperate about their son or, or is a bit confused about future you know and and i'm so happy because right. i i think these people are trusting me blindly mm -hmm. you know they, i might not be what they heard about so yeah i'm very happy but our listeners also had a chance to get you know a little bit over the last half an hour so thank you very very much uh, francesca it was so nice to have you here and um yeah i wish you all the best for you and your family and your future jobs, positions, and impact <laughs> you are going to have in that world. Thank you so much, Sonia. It was a really great pleasure being with you tonight. This was the new episode of The Human Factor Corporate Integrity Matters, following the motto, Corporate Integrity Secures and Empowers Individuals and Organizations. Thank you for listening. My name is Sonia Stirnemann, and I'm your host. Stay curious, actionable, and a role model. Take care, and goodbye.
Would you like to learn more, meet peers and getting qualified? So visit the website Corporate Integrity Concepts or Corporate Integrity Academy. Or do you think this podcast could be interesting for someone you know? Sharing is caring and we are always happy to welcome your peers to our community. And if you like this episode, subscribe and don't miss any of the future ones. The show notes are, of course, enriched with relevant information and your connection via any of the social media channels is highly appreciated and will be answered. Promised. And please do not forget, topics of your interest or interview partners are highly welcome. Just send me a note on any of the channels you know. <laughs>